Welcome to the On Becoming Educated podcast, where I, Paula Voon, will share my experience as a first-generation PhD student. First days are complex. They're exciting but scary at the same time. They signal the beginning of something new and different and are the very last mark of the closing of another chapter. I've had many first days in the last year since I packed up my little car and moved my life to the Bay Area to start my PhD at UC Berkeley. There was the first day I woke up in a strange house in South Berkeley. The first day I started Zoom University. The first day I went into the city after being cooped up inside for weeks because of the smoke from the fires. The first day I ate out at a restaurant again. The first day I sat and looked at the sunset at the marina and realized how much I love sunsets. Just a few days ago, I had another first day. The first day of the second year of my PhD program. But this first day of my second year felt a lot like the first day of my first year. I heard several of my classmates say the same thing, and I know it's because our first year felt like it was lost in the pandemic. Berkeley started the fall 2021 semester last Wednesday. I didn't have class until 2 p.m., so I woke up early, took a shower, and spent a little bit of time writing an email to my cohort wishing them a good first day and hoping we can meet in person soon. I also added that I'm not as big as I look on Zoom. Something that I've experienced over and over meeting people in person is that they always think I'm bigger than I really am. I'm actually under five feet. After sending the email, I did my hair and makeup, put on my first day of school outfit, which I had prepared the night before. It was black skinny jeans and a loose button-down denim shirt. I was kind of going for the I'm a cool 36-year-old who has a natural talent for looking comfortable and stylish at the same time look. (laughs) Then I had a healthy lunch. I had my roommate take a first day of school picture. I had to, right? What rule book says only kids in K-12 can take first day of school pictures? And then I took the bus to campus. I got there an hour before my class started. Now, Wednesday was only the second time I took the bus since moving to the Bay. Because school had been on Zoom throughout the 2020-2021 school year, and I had my car with me, I didn't ever really have a need to get on a bus. So the first time I actually stepped foot inside a bus in the Bay was the week before school started when... I decided to do a trial run to campus. Yes, I'm that kind of person. (laughs) I trial run things. And that was when I learned that my ID card, which I had gotten just a month before, couldn't access the building. Most of the students from the 2020 cohort didn't have access to the building because, you guessed it, we were all on Zoom. The School of Education building is located on the west end of campus, right in the middle of downtown Berkeley. It's a modern building with lots of places to sit and hella windows, which means a lot of natural lighting. There's a real corporate feel to the whole building, including 
open workspaces, which isn't surprising when you see the big Microsoft sign outside. Anyway, I thought I had mentally prepared myself for the first day of school. But on Wednesday, as I approached the building, I was overwhelmed by all the bodies around me, by all the people sitting in groups in the front. A professor was teaching his class outside, all 30-something students, and all I can think about was, that's a lot of people sitting in one spot. Then a group of students swarmed closer and closer to me, then sat on the bench beside me, and all I wanted to do was move away as quick as possible. I thought I was overstimulated on Zoom because of all the different cameras and all the different faces and all the different things that were going on on that screen. And then I realized that being in a public space surrounded by people presented its own kind of overstimulation. For 40 minutes, I sat haunched over my phone, ignoring everything around me as I tried to connect to EduRoom, the campus Wi-Fi for students which I had never connected to before because I had no need to. I was going to school on Zoom. As the time for my class closed in, I walked around the building looking for the room, overly aware of this culture of going to class, of waiting outside of the classroom, chatting with your classmates about summer, waiting for the professor to arrive. The last time I participated in this ritual had been 2010, when I took my last class in my master's program at UC Santa Barbara. But it didn't matter because this time was different. This time, everyone wore masks, so I found myself looking for familiar characteristics from Zoom. Hair color, the shape of an eyebrow, the sound of a voice, body language, a specific laugh that would just help me identify who my classmates were. I realized that this was a new part of the class-going culture that we would have to learn. After class, I grabbed dinner with some classmates, two of whom I had only ever seen and interacted with on Zoom. We hugged, we smiled, we laughed at how we thought someone was taller or shorter. We celebrated, quote-unquote, meeting each other for the first time, with quotes. (laughs) It felt normal for the most part until we reached the Thai restaurant where we were eating, where we requested an outdoor table, one of the many temporary outdoor seating areas that restaurants have added as a result of the pandemic, and where we scanned QR codes to look at the menu. They were all reminders and evidence that even though we were trying to go back to quote-unquote, normal, Um, we were still not quite there yet. The next day, I attended a graduate student welcome at Sproul Plaza, which is the southern and most famous entry to campus. And once again, I was overwhelmed by the number of bodies in that space. There were students protesting, students tabling, students biking and skateboarding and walking around with their friends. Most had masks on, some didn't. I witnessed classmates hugging, not hugging, but always smiling with delight to meet people they've only seen on Zoom. Once again, I looked for familiar characteristics, hair, body language, voice, laughter. 
At one point, a group of my classmates walked by and we recognized them. And there was a chorus of, oh, it's you, and yes, it's me, and ecstatic waves followed by, hey, nice to meet you in person. One classmate said to me, nice to finally meet you, but with special emphasis on the finally meet you part, because we hadn't met each other before several times on Zoom. One of my classmates said, I don't know what the protocol is anymore for meeting people, which reminded me that there is now much more to greeting someone. No longer can you just swoop in for a hug, whether the person wants it or not, while stating, I'm a hugger! (laughs) That won't do anymore. Now we really have to pay more attention to asking and waiting for permission, and maybe this is a good thing. So when we ran into a new student whom I had only spoken to once on Zoom, and the two of us stood there looking at each other awkwardly, I asked, do you hug? He said yes. And I said, me too. So then we stepped forward to hug one another. Many of my classmates have expressed feeling like it's our first year, even though it's our second year. Some of us don't yet have our ID cards. Some of us have ID cards, but they can't access the building. At least yet. None of us know where any rooms are. (laughs) We don't know where the best places to eat are or where any of the buildings are. Because of all this, our first year really felt like it was lost in the pandemic. At least to me. But I think something else was found. Our first year of school wasn't so much rooted in a place or campus, but in each other and in our experience on Zoom. And coming back to in-person school, we have a sense of we went through something big together, something that I think will tie all of us together for a long time to come. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I usually start my episodes with announcements and then I go into the meat of the episode. But I thought today's episode might be a good one to have the announcements at the end of the episode. Just because I haven't um, I haven't uploaded an episode for a long time. And so I really wanted to just get right into the episode from the very beginning. I do have some announcements though. I don't... I I didn't intend to have um, different seasons, and so I didn't I didn't officially end season one of um, the podcast because I, I didn't really delineate seasons, and so but this does feel like it's the beginning of a new season, which is why I um, really kind of want to share with you some of the topics that are coming up. Um, shortly, (laughs) as soon as I have some time. (laughs) And they are how to say no to stuff. How, (laughs) and I really mean stuff, like all the stuff. How to develop your confidence. How to overcome fear. How important it is to speak up. How to read that pile of articles and chapters and maybe a few books that you have like kind of going on in the corner there. (laughs) How to do everything with intention, which is something that I am practicing and really trying to master with everything I do in grad school. 
And I'm also going to throw in some interviews that um, I did a little while back that I haven't been able to share with you all. So those are all the, all the things that are that are coming up so far. I may have more things in the future. But um, the topics besides the interviews, the topics that I've mentioned, I really want to situate them in the graduate school context. So I've done some writing on some of these topics on blogs before, but what I really want to do is maybe discuss these topics in the context of grad school and really talk about how I am um, dealing with some of these things right now as I go through grad school. Also, you may or may not know that I've created a personal statement workbook for anyone who is planning to apply to grad school this fall and needs a little guidance. The workbook is packed full of exercises and tips to help you get your personal statement done. It's an ebook, so you can grab a copy of it on my website at onbecomingeducated.com shop, and you should be able to download a copy right away and start working on your personal statement right away. I think this is one of those things that you don't want to put off for too long, and a lot of programs open starting in October, so you want to get this personal statement done so that you can have it ready for your mentors um, and so that you're not um, scrambling to get it done at the end of the application season. I mean, that's the worst thing, I think, is to be overwhelmed and to be under pressure from all the different things that you have to do at the end of the application season and then to have this on top of it. So there's going to be a lot of things to do. So if you are kind of worried about this personal statement, uh, this personal statement workbook is for you. So go to my website on becomingeducated.com shop and you can download a copy and start working on your personal statement right away. So that's all I have for today and I look forward to talking to you all soon. Thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or the podcast listening platform of your choice to be notified when new episodes are up. If you would like to support this podcast, a rating and review would go a long way. Podcasts with ratings and reviews are more likely to be found by listeners. So I would very much appreciate it if you can take a few minutes to rate and review this podcast. If you would like to make a donation to help me run this podcast, you can do so at ko-fi.com slash onbecomingeducated. That's ko-fi.com slash onbecomingeducated. Every dollar helps. Follow me on Instagram at bypavu and the podcast at onbecomingeducated. Lastly, to access transcripts and submit listener questions, go to www.onbecomingeducated.com.